I mean, if some if people were to truly commit to the Gopnik look in America, that would be perceived as like a very cool look. People aren't quite there yet. Like they'll wear the tracksuit and maybe they'll wear the hat and they'll like understand that they're referencing it kind of. But like I want to see somebody in the leather coat with the pointy shoes like that would be the real look. St. Petersburg and Brooklyn. This is She's in Russia. I'm Lily. And I'm Smith. All right. Well, what is the episode about? <laughs> Smith doesn't even know what the topic is. <laughs> what are we doing today? We're finally going to what you've all been asking for. <laughs> yeah. We heard your. <laughs> Literally, nobody has asked, but in my mind, I'm like, this is the ultimate yeah. episode. I'm like, everyone's been dying to know. <laughs> this is what, what the podcast is about. <laughs> What is a gopnik? And we finally come to the place where we can tell you we've, you know, after many years of research. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly only what is a gopnik, but gopnik is our mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. Gopata. So so, so why, why don't you give a brief introduction? This is kind of stolen, but like this is the summer, summary of what a gopnik is. In mass representation, a gopnik is a youngish male Russian-speaking person of low social status who is poorly educated and uh, generally known or associated with violence and petty crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Visually, just visually <laughs> what, summarizing. What is the Gopnik's pastime? <laughs> visually summarizing. Oh, I'll get into that too. Okay. okay. So the first thing you think of when you hear the term Gopnik is a guy in an Adidas tracksuit squatting. Mm-hmm. With maybe like a newsboy cap on and maybe drinking some cheap beer and chewing on ses- uh, sesame seeds. Jesus Christ. Sunflower seeds. Uh-huh. Okay. I Guten Tag. Is that, that's enough for a basic yeah, image, Yeah, right? no, That's all perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. The first thing we're going to talk about is the image of this person in the West because I think it's one of the few images of Russians that exists in some like real f- yeah that exists outside of russia in some real form and it's like a more recent I, I my theory having not actually investigated any evidence for this is that it's the most like recent image of like a stereotypical russian can you think of another one putin putin yeah who is not like like not putin the person but putin like the image of a strong like bear hunting man but yeah. Putin is because Putin himself has like a cult image, right? Um, Meme. It's hard to really like distribute that to other Russians. Like he is a special case. So you're right in the sense that like, oh, like typical Russian, which of course is male because all people are male, and that's what you learn. Right, <laughs> all people are male. It's true. So yeah, the, the, I was when we were talking about doing this episode, um, it made sense to divide it up this way, where I was gonna kind of like look into how the image of the Gopnik is portrayed on the Western internet. And to kind of differentiate the two, if I'm talking about internet in Russia, I'll say Runet. If I'm talking about the Slavic internet as a whole, I'll say Slavic internet. And if I'm talking about the English-speaking internet, I'm probably just going to say inter, but internet, but sometimes I'll specify. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So after looking at stuff, both on the Runet and consulting our Runet expert, who we've had on the podcast before, um, it's pretty <laughs> clear... And just like kind of intuiting Belkin. it ourselves, Belkin, yeah. It's pretty clear that the image of the Gopnik on the internet came from the Slavic internet. And if if you allow me to be Angela Nagel for a moment, there's like a subset of interests that define a certain set of internet aesthetic that kind of surrounds the Gopnik image. I don't know, is there a word for that? You know what I mean? Like a subset of interests based on the internet. You mean like the interests take place in the internet? Yeah, like... You could say, like, the, uh, the alt-right is an example of one of these. So, like, what do you call that? Like, I don't want to call it a movement. And I think particularly in this, like, imagery of the Gopnik, it's particularly aesthetic. So I just, like, I don't know what you call that. 
Oh, okay. It's like an internet culture, kind of, I guess. But I wouldn't assume that, like, the people that participate in this, like, aesthetic theme are only, like, doing that one thing and only, like, ideologically identify with it. Like, they have other interests, I'm sure. Right. But you could definitely... I think since it's image-based, right? For the most part, yeah. If if it's visual, if it's image-based, maybe we could call it some kind of meme or image macro culture for those of you nerds out there who know what that means. All right. Like... You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not exactly the meme itself, but some kind of image. Yeah, image like, macro is good. The problem is there's a few other components to it that aren't image based, but you guys get the general idea of what we're talking about. So, so many of these things are related to representations of Gopniks. Um, maybe sometimes made by people that are like within this Gopnik category themselves. Um, but I think highly by the ti- doubtful. Though. But highly, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the time this actually like caught on as a thing, it's it's for the most part people who aren't. Gopniks, but like or find the Gopnik aesthetic funny and post images and other things depicting Gopniks and quote Gopnik culture to the Slavic or Runet. Okay. So amongst these things are maybe the obvious one, which you've described, which is the guy squatting in an Adidas tracksuit, drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, maybe wearing the hat, uh, maybe eating sunflower seeds. And, And this image gets memed a lot. Then there's like this thing called hard bass, which is a genre of electronic music that started in the 90s in Russia. And I guess there's like a particular dance that Gopniks do oh, yeah. or that people who are representing Gopniks more likely uh, yeah. do on the Internet. Um, and then there's peripheral things like memes. So this like macro image culture, is that what you called it? Macro image image macro. So within this like subculture of Gopnik aesthetic you get memes that might not actually directly deal with gopniks but talk a lot about being slavic um slavs from different countries and are generally stereotypical sometimes racist and also funny and our our internet expert belkin also mentioned this video game counter-strike as an interest of this group so this video game yeah do with that what you will i didn't go into that because it didn't seem important but it's fully the the popular Okay, yeah, Especially V popular. It's it's part of this like little Was. ecosystem. I know you hate that word, but this little ecosystem we have going on here. So this this kind of subculture or whatever seems to have originated around 2012 on the Slavic internet. And it's around this time that it seems to have first popped onto the Western internet or internet as we call it. I thought okay, but I thought there are definitely instances of before 2012. I thought the 2012 was when it moved to the English internet. 2012 is when we see the first instances of it in English. Well, it is when we see the first instances of it in English, but it's also when Belkin said it arose and I wasn't really able to find like you. So you came, you brought me examples of people like talking about Gopniks in a specific way on the runet as far back as like 2009. So people were definitely like doing, laying the groundwork for the meaning of the culture, which is like talking about how they squat and what's the specific. Yeah, so so you did some research for me, and you, the earliest instance you found of a phrase that literally translates to fall into a squat. You want to say that in Russian? Yeah, padai na karti. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, you found this from 2009 on, on an Irkutsk board or a forum. It's like a Irkutsk page within, you know, like a bigger forum. Right, like a subreddit kind of. And you, you said like, okay, it's actually a phrase that Gopniks would say, but non-Gopniks use it ironically in real life and on the internet. But, so you're talking about the image is what you can point to from 2012. It's like meme image. Okay, ma- image right. Macros. So, so yes, that as like a thing that a group of people on the Slavic internet are actually paying attention to is a thing to meme and like talk about. And the way it comes onto the Western internet is important because... When Slavs are talking about Gopniki culture and in this time around like 2009, 2010, they're on the runet, they're writing in Russian and they're referring to Gopniks. But when the image of the Gopnik moves from the Slavic internet into the English internet, it loses a lot of its context as is to be expected. And so you you do see mention of like Gopniks on the internet a, f- a fair amount, but what really may- holds this whole like meme together is this phrase Slav squat, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. And an interesting thing about the phrase Slav squat and an interesting thing about this in general is that the contents of this like particular meme that exists on the English internet is predominantly made by Slavic people. But it's in English, and that phrase, Slav squat, was coined in English. And 
there is there is an equivalent in Russian, but it's not really used, right, Lily? Yeah, there's like a few ways of saying um, like сидеть на на картах or стоят на картах or на карточках or something. But in any case, they're all saying in some way like sit or stand in a squat, and none of them like I've I've seen this phrase Slavyansky kartochki or kartochki 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 maybe. Um, and that's like literally Slavic squatting, but it's mm-hmm. a retranslation of the English phrase Slav squat. It's not like what people in Russia would say. So there's a way to say it, but like the more meme things are what Gopniks would say, as I said, the pade na karti. Okay, like, that makes that sense. would be more meme. Yeah, right. So, so like I mentioned, the fact that like this meme for the most part on the English Internet, the contents of it are being predominantly made by Slavic people is kind of an interesting thing because the a lot of the memes, even the ones that are tangi- tangentially related, are in English. And, and one of the reasons I came across for why this is, is that it's kind of a Slav-wide meme versus just Russian or other countries that use the Cyrillic alphabet. And so, you know, for people in like Poland who don't read the Cyrillic alphabet, they've used Latin so that like everybody can participate in it. So you get this kind of interesting phenomenon where it's like Slavic people making something for other Slavic people in English, kind of with the awareness that it's consumed pretty heavily by the English internet. It's pretty rare that you would get to see like somebody representing their own culture, even if it's in this kind of stupid way to such an extent and that it would be so popular. And it's been adopted by English speakers, but like still the main like purveyors and arbiters of it are Slavic. So we're going to, I want to walk us through how exactly it came to be in the English internet, this imagery. So like all good internet trends, uh, it seems like the representation of Gopniks on the internet started on 4chan. And there's this Ugh. particular meme that was the first instance I could see of the image being represented on 4chan. I think I found it in 2012. Yeah. So I found the post from 2012 and it's this meme that's part of another meme. So let me explain to you this meme um it's like what looks like a guy who's like serenely patting aftershave on his cheeks and then people would draw different iterations of this guy against a picture of something so for example like a photo of burger and fries and then somebody will draw like a fat american with a mullet like patting his face in the foreground or there's you know offensive shit like oh the background is a photo of gold coins and then there's like this drawn image of a Jew and it's like the same image that's used in other memes and he's like patting his face in the foreground so it's like a I'm serenely doing this in in response to whatever like the background image is so the first visual reference I could find to Gopniks on 4chan was from 2012 and it's this meme so in the background is a photo of a bunch of guys squatting in tracksuits and in the foreground there is a drawing of a guy in an Adidas tracksuit patting his face Um, and this image is used a lot in the future on all platforms when discussing what becomes known as slav squatting okay so yeah i've already talked about how like a lot of the slavic content context is lost when it comes into the english internet because people are like less concerned with what an actual gopnik is and are more just like a fan of this image of the squatting tracksuit person Mm -hmm. (laughs) why does slav squat yeah yeah so from this arises starting in 2013, tw- maybe 2012 even, but the, the first instance I could find on 4chan was the question, why do Slavs squat? And um, this was randomly, so this was in 2013, somebody posted a photo of kids maybe in the 90s or 80s sitting around eating sandwiches with the title, have you ever seen anything more Slavic than this photo? And then a bunch of people are like, well, they're not even squatty. It's not that Slavic. So this was obviously something that was stirring under the surface before this thread for people to be able to like reference that and other people to understand what they meant. So maybe there's some other instances of it that I couldn't find, but this is the first thing, of like line that I could find on, in 2013. And this phrase kind of gains momentum and it's often used kind of to prompt a discussion about like proper Slav squatting form. So there's like, oh, there's a lot of funny discussion around this time of like, people who aren't Slavic be like I can't do it it must be a genetic thing I get in the position and it hurts and like other people be like you must have your heels on the ground yeah, when you're squatting the heel Nazis. um and so like then 
there's also people answering the question as a way to be humorous. So like there's shit like, oh, they're too poor to own chairs or like it's a natural position or there's benefits to squatting or like you're genetically predisposed. In general, it's also used kind of as a way to discuss like Slavic culture. The, the sharing of images grows at this time too. Like post your best Slav squatting images. So you're starting to really see on 4chan a kind of a ramping up. And if you remember, remember planking? Mm-hmm. Okay. People kind of like compared Slav squatting to that, um, except whereas planking was like, I think it may have started in like Australia or something and became pro- popular around the world. Like as far as I can tell, a hefty portion of the images uploaded are actual Slavs. Um, and you don't really, I mean, you do somewhat minimally, but you don't see like a real world trend of non-Slav squatting, like not to a a really intense extent. So during this time, like getting into 2013, 2014, this like attention to the aesthetic of Gopniks starts to spill over onto other platforms. And there's this particular style of animation that is part of that like bigger subgroup I'm talking about that like the uh, Slav squatting meme came out of them. Um, it's, I think he's a Slavic guy who makes these little cartoons in English, but he's clearly Slavic. And he makes the first video on YouTube about squad, Slav squatting in 2013, where it's like kind of just a, race, a bunch of racist shit about Jews, but it's like also kind of funny. And I can't remember if there's a real reason in there as to answering the question, why do Slavs squat? But like something about the weight of being Holocaust deniers or like some shit like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like really ridiculous, but alluding to it in this context where like, you know, maybe it has tens of thousands of views or whatever. Yeah. It makes it onto Tumblr and Reddit. And if you look at Google trend searches, you can see that the amount of times people are Google searching uh, Slav squat or why do Slav squat during this time really starts to uptick. So I'm going to load it and see. Yeah. So like starting around 2014, it's increasing and it's been increasing since then. Slav squat has been increasing. In 2014, this Romanian guy makes this Facebook page called Squatting Slavs in Tracksuits. And that's like one of the main sources for a lot of these like memed images and blogs dedicated to images of the Slav squatting pop up. And then by 2016, it's like fully in the mainstream with it being referenced in like Vice articles and Calvert Journal ruminating on whether or not it's offensive. And Mm -hmm. this Romanian guy who made uh, this Facebook page is interviewed in Paper Magazine. Uh, There's this YouTuber who is Russian his channel is called Life of Boris and he, he speaks in English, but it's like in an exaggerated Russian accent. And he does a bunch of like r- pretty nicely produced videos on how to squat correctly and like what is a Gopnik and n- not the actual history, just all like the Russian stereotypes, um, maybe some that don't make it to the West as readily. Yeah, he's actually a big, he's definitely a big popularizer of the like mainstream image for everyone, including Russians. Yeah, I would say it'd be... T- between him and the like squatting slavs guy like those are where like the two those are at the very least are like the most searchable and the squatting slavs guy like has a whole team of people that just generate memes about squat squatting slavs so there's a lot of content there i i honestly think that's really it for the most part of like how it became popularized and kind of accepted into the mainstream i guess i just want to reiterate that thing about like how I think it's cool that it's a Russian trend that like naturally fit into Western internet. I like that. I'm, I was going to get into that because I think the image of it, like not being somebody who like being someone who's like ethnically Slavic is not necessarily accurate. I think it's just a, a question of like majority population, you know, like I think a lot of people within Russia, a lot of men, like fit into that stereotype who aren't ethnically Slavic in a lot of the stereotypes mm-hmm. and they just aren't the majority ethnicity. So they don't get like portrayed in memes. Right. And it does, it does seem like there is like some weird amount of like Slavic pride about, even if it's acknowledged that like there's nothing to aspire to be, to like be a Gopnik, there is some, like there is this amount yeah. of like Slavic pride in, in the people who like create this content. There's definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, the other thing is, like, like the Calvert Journal piece, it's an opinion piece written mm-hmm. by a Slavic person um, who's questioning, like, is the memeing of the Slavs quite, like, actually problematic? Is it racist? Is it, is it 
um, yeah, is it a problem? And and what you keep saying about the fact that it's like created by the sort of the, at least on some level the same people who uh, it's making fun of sort of like makes it less offensive. At least that's his conclusion. Right. At least that makes it uh, better, I guess, than if it was like an outside group. It's it's like if we made fun of white trash people and then it got like really popular in another Yeah, country. because it, it is important that you have to understand that this is like something like when we say part of the same culture, I I think it's important to note that it isn't Gopniki themselves. And and this comes down to like, I think in the vast majority of cases, it's not actually the, the people that are, who look like that aren't the ones posting things like that on the internet. That's I, th- I, I think that's, say. I definitely think that's true to an extent, but I definitely saw a fair amount of people and whether or not it's accurate or not, like identifying themselves as Gopniki. Okay, but that's probably a newer thing. So the yeah. thing is that like the word Gopnik, it's going through sociolinguistic whatever permutations as we speak so it's hard to like stabilize exactly what is happening with it right now which is why you could have people identifying with it but in general it is an a term for a group of people from the outside it's not a term that people call themselves the people who like the group of people referred to as gopniki um do not self-identify with that word okay should i start getting into the history of it yeah oh and also just another popular image I want to just mention, I don't know, this seems like it was more part of the meme thing we were just talking about. Another popular image is like you get things like um, this rapper, Sava, who was popular in the early 2000s or mid 2000s, maybe from starting then at least. And he's like, you know, his image is is a Gopnik image. Like he wears um, the whole outfit and everything, but he's like this super highly educated, like kind of intelligentsia guy who's also a rapper was he an example of like one of the first people to start sort of romanticizing that aesthetic because that's pretty early early he is yeah i feel like he is one of the ones in within russia and not very known outside of russia not known at all maybe yeah wait what was his name again s-y-a-v-a siava siava okay but like he himself isn't actually from this like socioeconomic group of people he just yeah he's like memeing it and so that yeah that's an important concept is that people don't self-identify or didn't (laughs) didn't until maybe recently (laughs) yeah and it's 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 obviously you can't like tell someone if they want to identify as a gopnik then they are gopnik (laughs) um (laughs) how it works um but okay so as i said when i define like the gopnik is this this person that we've been referring to who looks a particular way and like has these particular characteristics. I just kind of want to get a little bit more into their characteristics now before I go through like a history, because I think that will help. You have these aesthetic and behavioral characteristics that people have in mind when they say Gopnik, again, when they name the thing that is Gopnik from the outside of it. Russians. Anyone, but like Russians, yeah. But anyone, like I, I, when I, when you and I say it, we're also from the outside, right, Smith? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just, I, I want to like, we've just spent a lot of time talking about like the image on the English internet and we're not talking about that anymore now. We're talking about no, like so the real people that exist. So this is the real people. And so when we get into, into Russian and Soviet culture um, and post-Soviet culture, the, the thing people mean when they talk about Gopniks are a man from their teens to their 30s, I'd say wearing adidas or fake similar looking tracksuit probably fake leather or like woolen newsboy cap these like shitty leather sometimes pointy-toed shoes you know what I mean (laughs) yeah like elfin adidas shoes that can be slipped on often um or sneakers maybe a gold chain if they're like really cool slob squatting image and as I said before about like what kind of things they eat and drink, cheap light beer, vodka, uh, sunflower seeds, smoking cheap cigarettes, uh, cursing, and using particular jargon and phrases from pr- prison culture. And that's mm-hmm. very important. Are so, you going to give an example of some of those? I knew that you were going to ask that. And I also wanted to have an example. As far as like I learned, even the squatting thing, is something from kind of a prison culture because you, I mean, it's for one thing, squatting, okay, getting into the slob squat talk, very practical. You don't have to sit on the ground when it's cold or dirty. And that's especially probably uh, 
I think what's associated with it in, in prisons. But like that phrase I said, Pade na karte, is like fall into a squat or like drop a squat. It's like papa squat. It's literally papa squat. That's what it is. Sorry, for, I was like, finally, this translation's coming to me. It's used to mean like, let's have a talk or something, or let's talk from one Gopnik to the other. And that, I think, yeah, is something that's like copied from that behavior is copied from like at least these people's perception of prison, what happened in prison. There's this whole set of jar- j- jargon, jargon <laughs> used in the process of uh, mugging someone. So oh. that's another important part when we're defining what is the Gopnik, right, from the, all the different behavioral and aesthetic definitions. Um, Gopniks spend their time in I the wild. It, I thought it was pronounced Gopnik. Gopnik is Russian, but I'm just okay, saying okay. Gopnik because I'm being American. Gopnik, sorry. So a typical Gopnik spends his time squatting, talking shit, and committing petty <laughs> crimes. <laughs> <laughs> and namely, the petty crimes are stealing, like mugging people, stealing money, like cell phones, whatever people have on them, wallets, um, via verbal intimidation and or physical violence. Okay. So... The verbal intimidation is what I mean by like there are these certain phrases that people that are like mimi in Russian. Like there's this particular typical stereotypical Gopnik uh, verbal exercise that happens, which is like instead of just being like coming up to, you know, someone is walking along the street at night and then like a small group of Gopniki approach them. um, Instead of the Gopniki just being like, Give us your money, or I don't know, whatever the fuck people say. Thank God, I don't know. There's like God this bless. little dance that happens. <laughs> God bless. Which is something like, do you have any money and on you? Like, do you have 100 rubles on you or something? <laughs> whatever. And then the person who obviously doesn't want to get mugged is like, no. Okay. And then the Gopnik is like, and if I find it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's no really way to answer that question. There, it's like intimidating, and also they say "yesli najotsa," which is a passive voice. It's like, and if it is found, okay. not if I find <laughs> it. So it's like scary. <laughs> we one thing, one thing before we move on to on from this that I want to say about the squatting thing is it's funny to to th- like talk about squatting as if it comes from prison as if it's like not an actual very natural position for the body to be in and as if people haven't been doing it for like millennia well, of their own accord. yeah and also haven't even been talking about all of asia which right is like, <laughs> just squatting it up over there <laughs> we're just like it's the natural slav genetics <laughs> yeah well that is that is like the comparison a lot it's like People talk about the Asian squat, which is the same as the Slav squat, but it's just like depends on the context so much people talk about it. Is it, Are they both heels mm-hmm. down? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And like anything like that where it's like they sound dumb and uneducated, obviously you can tell it's it's like a derogatory word. It is a derogatory word, Gopnik. Yeah. Just explain where these people came from. So, okay. Where is this from? So this is, <laughs> I'm just going to give you like the big temp, uh, temporal idea of the concept of Gopnik has two main like active periods and those are the 1920s, just like around the turn of the century or sorry, the, around the start of the Soviet era. And then the 1980s and 90s would be the second one. And then arguably, I guess we could have a third one, which would be like the contemporary internet. Right. That's interesting. Um, yeah. But it's not actually Gopniks. It's like rep- the representation of Gopniks in popular culture. Right. The sort of emergence of the term actually has these different theories. There's no, there's really not an agreed upon emergence. And like I read a, a sociological study that was based on... Um, based on what do you call those like focus groups and you know ask people all the same questions surveys <laughs> that was focused on, that was uh consisted of like focus groups and surveys of relatively contemporary teenagers from 2010 okay. and from that and then from everything else i read uh i got i basically understood that there are 
three main versions, if not more, there really are more, but let's say three main versions of where the Gopnik concept comes from. The first one is not, this is not in an order, I'm just saying them, like it's not ranked. Mm -hmm. Um, the first one is this jargon phrase, gop stop. Have you heard that? No. So, <laughs> But I like it. <laughs> what do you think it is? I feel... Gop stop. Okay, the only thing that I can picture is like it's some like location where people are eating or buying stuff and they're squatting while they do it. Oh my God. <laughs> like by the side of the road, like a quick stop. Okay, Lily, the, in... um. Wait, where was it? I think maybe in Hungary. There's a, no, no. I would have to find it. But when I was researching this, there's literally these like squatting markets that are like a mini like outdoor bodega that's like low to the ground that you squat next to. Oh my god! Isn't that amazing? That's in Hungary. I would have that's to go crazy. look back and find somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah, Hungary is Central Europe, but anyway. Um, sorry. So Gopstop. You didn't guess. Um, is actually it's a bus just, stop for Gopniks. <laughs> no, it, it is. Yeah, it is like the word stop. You got that, but it Thank comes you. from the word for or the term means to like to mug someone, to rob someone, oh. like to jump. Wait, someone. so that word in this theory came before Gopnik. In this theory, yeah. In this theory, it's like that's something that people did, and they called it that. <laughs> this group of people that we've been describing. Okay. What does Gop mean? What's that? Sorry. Regardless, regardless, gop. Uh, I'll tell okay. you in a second. Regardless, gop stuff is something a phrase that is and was used. Okay. So, gop is apparently an onomatopoeic word for like jump or uh. blow or leap. All three of those different all concepts, right. which which definitely makes sense for like mugging someone for jumping someone, right? Yeah. And then also, this is great. Uh, I read. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> I also read that it could be from the English word hop. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Those fuckers it without their H. Hop, it's like we have yeah. an H, but we're going to pretend that we don't. Otherwise, it would have been hop stop. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't have yeah, that. Yeah, you can't be um, a hop nick. <laughs> and then stop is like from stop in English. So the if it's that theory, whatever, then it would be like these are people who commit these kind of petty crimes. Because what does the ending nick mean? Nick or uh, ick is just human it's okay. like a person who does that thing i mean there's other endings that can mean person but yeah right. theory one down okay and it's a male it's male ending because there is like technically a gopnica but i'm not going to get into that because they're not as prevalent like a female gopnik they're not as prevalent and they're sort of like the women of the gopniks and it's like we've already established we don't care about women on this podcast we've established that all humans are by default <laughs> yeah. men and that's not it's like that's not our opinion guys <laughs> that's just the way it is in the world we don't like it but it is and and yeah because they're obviously like way less more visually portrayed and generally like not as much part of this I, it's not gonna i'm not gonna get into it but i'm just explaining that even the word itself is a male word mm -hmm. okay so that's theory one is that gopniki is like people who do this right who gop stop then we have theory two which i believe the least personally which is that it comes from the verb gopat gopat I don't know, which is a word I didn't know, which apparently means to wander without any goal, wander aimlessly. Okay. It's not really well known, so it seems unlikely that that word gopat would be gopniki's like, uh, source. Okay. And then we have this third version, which I probably see the most, but which isn't necessarily true, but a lot of like articles in Russian will refer to it as though it's obviously true. This theory is that it originated in pre-revolutionary Russia in the late 1800s and that the word GOP is actually an acronym, G-O-P, mm -hmm. that stands for Garadskoy or Gasudarsuni. That, that means either city or government. It's unclear which one. And the second word is Obshustva, which is society. And the third word is Prizrenya, which is like sort of watching out okay so like the urban social watchers or whatever and that pre-soviet name referred to essentially like a juvenile delinquent building where kids who a lot in a lot of cases sort of like an orphanage would be like kids who are homeless um who may or may not be involved in petty crime and they were mostly boys 
would be able to live there. Okay. And they're sort of being like watched over. And the word, third word that I said, Brizrenje, uh, prizor, is this word. Um, these people would be referred to as like bezprizornik, which means they don't have anyone watching over them. Okay. You got, what, what's that in English? Like, uh, like no wards of the, stri- of the state. <laughs> oh my God. No, you know, like, yeah, like, um, actually, maybe. But what's that word? Oh, guardian. Like, they're guardianless, you know? Okay, I guess we wouldn't really say that, but yeah, I get what you mean. Okay, whatever. But you get what I mean. So it's like this this city or government-funded uh, place that serves as a sort of, like, house for for kids who are, who are, yeah, may or may not be, like, lightly criminal, but are also um, really definitely poor and homeless and a lot of Okay, so the, so the acronym that... Right, the acronym comes from the organization that like oversaw these children. Yeah, where they would live in this building, right, okay. which is on. But like, this was pre-revolution. Area. Yeah, this is like a, from a pre-revolution. Uh, that's when it started, and that's where the the gulp, like there was a gulp, <laughs> in this building, um, in the where the October Hotel is, and. Then that name was conveniently changed to, during the Soviet era, that name was changed to Urban um, Proletariat, or if to keep the order, it'd be like Urban Dorm Dormitory of the Proletariat. And it, would, it was still G-O-P okay. in Russian. Garedskoy Proletariata, which is like a more Soviet way of, like they called it a dorm, and it was, you know, it, but it like, was the doing. It was serving the same function. Yeah, essentially serving the same function. There would be like young people coming in from, again, I'm assuming mostly male, um, coming in from the countryside um, into Petersburg, and you know they like are coming to the city to like have a better life or something. But this might be like a halfway house for them. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah, so gop, uh, if it's not clear again, like gop, all these things have gop in them, and then you add like nik to make a person. So the people who are involved in that thing is gopnik. gopnik. Is there any evidence, like there there aren't any records of people, of these like kids being called gopniks? That's a good question. Like why is it so... Seems like you would easily be, there's no like references in like literature or anything? That's a good question. I didn't like, it just seemed weird that in the study, maybe the study was just more focused on how people imagine it rather than how it really Mm -hmm. is. I would assume that that third theory has like the most weight and that, yeah, there probably is evidence because that building did exist and the, the phenomenon existed and there's no reason not to like assume that people would call these, these kids from that place, from that area, Gopniki. But that doesn't mean like, it's still sort of surprising that that is a name that carried over to uh, this much, much larger phenomenon. Yeah. Wait, okay. So, yeah, that is interesting because this is actually like one specific building with one specific group of kids in it. Or like neighborhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, so the, when they did this survey of like, you said it was teens mostly, right? The subjects? Yeah, like school kids and, and up to college. Did they provide the theories or the, the kids like had heard all these things before? This is, no, this is, they did not provide. They asked them, like, different things, including, like, where do you think it came from? Okay, so this is, like, kind of, this is, like, common knowledge to some extent, some of these these things. Yeah, and to some extent, and and the as I said, like, the third theory about the Gosudarstva, the, like, Gop building and or whatever place, is the one you see the most often. Like, which one do you think is true? Um... I think I think the third one, and I think Gopstop clearly came from that and not from Hopstop, but whatever. <laughs> I think there were Gopniki first, and then there was Gopstop. Okay. That's my personal okay. opinion. That makes sense, yeah. Although I, the first one is a, a fun idea. Although, actually, that doesn't really make sense in the sense that, like, people who are Gopniki would, might, could say Gopstop, but they wouldn't say Gopnik, so it's like... Or they wouldn't say it, like, seriously about themselves. Yeah. Also, at what point was like English being used in those sort of words? Would would they have been used around like the turn of the century? Probably not really. But the thing is that like the Gulpnik doesn't get 
you know, really mass popularity as a concept until the 80s and 90s. So, so explain this. That's, so that's what, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, there could be this, you know, emergence theory that that happens in the 19, early 1900s, from the late 1800s through the early 1900s of these, like, sort of street urchins or whatever. Right? <laughs> They're not street urchins. You just wanted to say that word. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they are. Um, which is, like, bedraggled, like, Come on, the 1920s boys who are homeless? What are those? They're not those like... But they're not homeless because they're living in this building, no? Well, they're like... Yeah, but come on. They're like... In my head, I know this is like true, clean. but I always think of street urchins. I just like make that... As clams? <laughs> I make that into merchants in my head. I'm just like, those are like dirty people, but they sell stuff. No, but that that's not what it's referring to. I know, I know, but in my head, that's what I think. Okay, Street Urchins is um, a, the young child dressed in dirty hand-me-downs running rampant through the city streets. Okay, so like the friend of the waif. Yeah. Cousin to the waif. Or brother. Or brother. Um, I think there's a lot of waif overlap, but in any case, then, okay, then we get to the 80s and 90s, which is the real, like, you could call it the rebirth on a mass level, um, it doesn't start out to be mass though. So in the, this is this interesting like transformation of the concept. As we talked about before, when we talked about Victor Tsui and Janka, um, the, the late 1980s in the Soviet Union is a sort of time where there's a lot of specifically musically oriented youth subcultures arising, like rock, punk, um, hip hop, which we've also talked about, and these like subcultures really set themselves uh, apart from, they both set themselves apart from Gopniks and Gopniks set themselves apart from them. So in a way, like there is the existence of, or, or the, yeah, there's this phenomenon maybe like formulating in the 80s of people who may fit into some of those behavioral and aesthetic things that I've described now, the whole like tracksuit and all of the, and you know, sitting around drinking beer and stuff, getting, like, petty crime and getting into fights. And they definitely are referred to as Gopniki as early as the mid-'80s because there is... Remember that band? Did, remember hearing about that band, Zopark? Yeah, I, I read that also. I happened to come across that, yeah. Yeah, they have a song called Gopnik or Gopniki. Um, that's an underground... Uh, that is an Wait, underground we'll, we'll play rock. A li- we'll, be, we'll play a little bit. It, I'll edit it. Play in. a little bit. Play a little bit. Try to see your search. <laughs> yeah, we can. We'll play it at the end. So if you want to lurk around to the end, you can listen to it. So that that is proof. The song is from 1984. Proof that the word Gopnik uh, was being used, and they're an underground rock band, and they the like lyrics of the song are basically them being like like hating on Gopniks. Um, okay. And you also get Whoa. this sort of like. Gopniks themselves, as far as I read, don't, or the group of people that people from the outside refer to as Gopniks, right? They don't, like, refer to themselves as a subculture in the same way that, like, punks might. Okay. Or rock people might. Right. Like, they um, just, that's how they are. They're not, like, trying. Yeah. And you and we get a lot of this, like, concept of it being, like, a way of life or <laughs> a philosophy of a worldview. <laughs> Um, <laughs> from two and a half feet off the ground <laughs> that, that's sociologist trying to like define it because it doesn't really fit into like a subculture or a movement or whatever like the way some other the way the art movements is might. it part is it possible that this image of the gope neck partially like coalesces in this time because of adidas tracksuits i know you want that to be i true. do want it to be true because, because like, Adidas tracksuits are made at that time? Well, yeah, that's, like, you know, in the 80s, they start to become popular in Russia, and it seems like, okay, maybe you realize there were a bunch of people, like, squatting around, like, drinking beer, but now they're all matching. <laughs> so now it's, like, they're very readable as a group. Wearing, like, a fake Adidas or something. Yeah. Hmm. That's possible. That's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. I I can't deny it, so Thank what can you. I say? <laughs> um, but there is actually, like... The aesthetics is interesting because there is this, this at least naming of Gopnik, right, that we see with Zoopark. But then there's this other phenomenon happening. So starting from the late 80s into the 90s, you get, I'm going to use this one example, you get this emergence of a 
I don't know what to call it. It's like a sport criminal organization. And the famous one, or maybe the originators, I think, is the, they're called Lubera from Lubertsi, is the city outside of Moscow, Moscow suburb, industrial city. And like the Wikipedia page for the city refers to what I'm talking about as a sports youth movement. But, <laughs> but there's like the guys who are involved in this movement, quote unquote, are just like, there's a few things that characterizes them. They beat people up. So that would be like the thing that is aggressive and it is like sort of associating them with Gopniki. They really are into the gym and that's important. The sport part, they're muscular. They're like big. Okay. Uh, they have shaved heads. They're straight edge. So they're like, they have this moral high ground. Oh, they don't, they don't like, drink. Yeah, these guys. Whoa, all right. Special, special group. But then at the same time, so there's this moral high ground, but then they like... As I read it, impose their idea of what is normal in a physical and aggressive way. So they would go into Moscow and like find people that they consider to be, you know, not normal. Or like, for example, the this what's referred to as subcultures or uh, nonconformist people. Oh, right? interesting. All and right. like beat them I up. I see. Okay. So, so in their minds, they're like the arbiters of the mainstream and like what is acceptable in society. Yeah. Of like, you know what should what should be and that's important because that's something that gopniki really share that mentality these people again don't refer to themselves as gopniki they're from this they're called lubera they're from luberti and they don't do the tracksuit thing so much as um we definitely have to post a, a picture of them because their winter look as it's referred to is incredible <laughs> wait can you send me it right now um okay the guy on the right oh wow that is yeah that's a solid look I mean, I think it's a look that would be considered highly fashionable right Extremely, now. Extremely. In the West. Yes. So you can see that you wouldn't look at that guy, right? And you wouldn't be like, oh, a gopnik. No, not like at all. Like he doesn't, right. So this is a different, this is like one of, this is like one of the original sort of groups of people that from the outside might be referred to as gopniki because of their like aggressive pack mentality. <laughs> pack mentality. And these sporty guys, like the fact of their sporty sort of like also healthiness is important. It, it, it's different from the current Gopnik image, definitely, um, and lifestyle. And you also have these like th these like organized crime groups start forming in the 90s that are also very much associated with some kind of like sports group. So it, it just could be like um, in a certain town uh, or neighborhood even, there'll be a gym like in a Moscow neighborhood like that of Arekhovsky. And then you have an organized crime group there around the gym and like the or the members of the group all work out together there. Um, and like one of these examples is this Arekhovsky. They're like one of their main authority members was a famous trainer in Soviet Union, uh, a power lifter. Is that how it's called? Yeah, I think so. It was called Powerlifter Champion, or he was the world champion in 1991. So, all right, cool. So, you, you got to get um, fit with your friends so you guys can go you did, commit crimes together. You, you did. That was like the, this was like the sort of late 80s, 90s image. And I think that the development of the certain sort of organized crime characteristics, involvement with organized crime at that time is important because. It's something that's also shared with the contemporary image that we would call Gopniki and what sort of develops out of that, though a lot of things aren't shared, as you can imagine, as you understand. Because the image of a typical Gopnik now is in some ways, at it's like in every, on every level is a parody or is like uh, a meme or a stereotype. It's, it's sort of like, at this point, you know, it's like hard to pinpoint like a true Gopnik version yeah yeah at this point I mean you haven't really been to many suburbs right like the suburbs where they might exist if they do anymore mm, how this is broken down geographically you're right to think that it's something at least now and in the 2000s that was more widespread in more provincial areas like not in big cities uh in the regions as they're called so widespread use, so we had like the reference from 84 in that song. Widespread use comes as early as the late 1980s of the word Gopnik to refer to people. 
um, who, you know, commit these petty crimes or like run around in gangs or whatever. You also have like, again, with the relationship to prisons, people, sort of researchers that have looked into the like formation of Gop or the concept of Gopnik say that in the 1990s, um, this is when you get a formation of groups of, of guys who really point to criminals or organized crime leaders as their forefathers and see the, their selves, like see their way of life as a kind of philosophy or worldview and like a position in society, kind of to be outside of society in a way. Or you're not exactly outside, but it's like you don't try to like achieve aspirations that are like either capitalistic or any self development <laughs> you know it's just um anti-achieve yeah so and and again i just want to emphasize this like proximity to criminal life that isn't actually it it feels very like it's always a proximity it's like you're ne and even like as organized crime or as a group of people who like are known for mugging or whatever it's like they were never sort of it feels like they were never super taken seriously <laughs> by like the police because it wasn't ever on a level that was like very harmful or didn't involve like weapons because they weren't you know, like they knives. weren't ambitious about becoming truly organized as Gopniki. they were they were more interested in like just sitting around squatting around yeah or if, or if it, they were then it developed into something else with a different name so to give a little bit idea of self-identification there is Again, Gopnik is not used, but um, there is like a self-identification, different words that one Gopnik might call another Gopnik, which is the word patsan, um, which literally means like patsani, patsan is hey, like... Hey, patsan! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Translated as like lad or boy or kiddo, but it doesn't sound like kiddo or lad in American English, though that sounds sort of like weird. People at my work like call each other patsani. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And then there's this concept of like the normal or like it's like a good lad, normal patsan, <laughs> a good lad kind of thing. If we were if we had an equivalent in American English. Mm. And those self-identifying terms again sort of emphasize this concept that uh differentiates Kopniki from other non-conformist youth groups, as I mentioned, like punks or something, or like, I don't know, whatever else, rock people or emo Call. people, is that Gopniki feel that they want, they are like normal or <sighs> usual, <laughs> or like they, they're not trying to like say that they're different right you know? like yeah they're not like feeling cool for their specific gopniki behavior yeah or like setting themselves against the social norms though they like end up being marginalized by society but it sort of comes from the outside you see yeah. it's <laughs> not a self-marginalization yeah right mm. it's interesting because when you actually start to like put together all of the values if if you can say that if you really try to like figure out what values the people that we talk about when we say Gopniki, the people that we talk about, what values they actually have, it's like they overlap with a lot of different <laughs> types of groups and it kind of feels like amorphous, you know? Right, like it's, it's again one of those things where that doesn't, those sets of ideologies don't map correctly onto our set. Like in our mind when we think like, oh, they might be like, of the people pro Putin or like anti West or something like I wouldn't then also expect then in my head those people would be like down home hard working types <laughs> they just are like we don't like the West and we also don't want to do any work yeah they're also like queer <laughs> <laughs> they're like anti like yeah. labor they're like aspirations pro, or whatever anti labor pro Putin gay <laughs> they're queer alt right gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a Gopnik is. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, okay, so just a final, like, little coming back to contemporary images and stuff. One of the, I guess, yeah, now we can sort of get more phil philosophical about it and come back to, like, the meme culture because Gopnik, it is a thing. Like, when you are um, a Russian person, could be mugged. This is like, thinking of a true story uh, of a friend of mine and then and then you know be telling the story and be like yeah we were walking down the street at night and then like this group of gopniki came up 
and then they like asked us for our wallets or whatever and we had you know like they looked like they were going to beat us up and then they mugged us and that's what happened like and you know we were drunk that's usually the case when anyone gets mugged (laughs) so yeah you can like hear that people referring to someone as a gopnik in that sense but the way it's referred to now in my experience more isn't really so much interaction with real gopniki as these meme-like like ironic references yeah yeah, specifically with words, though. So it could be something like a physical thing, like squatting or something. But I, I feel like I squat more than, like, any Russian around me. So it's more about the, yeah, saying, like, hey, patsani, or, like, being, like, using this sort of, I don't know, I don't know any other examples off the top of my head, but this jargon that's associated with Gopniki. So that's the way it's referenced in a lot of ways. And because of the, like, irony, the layers of irony and humor that have now so thickly like overlaid the image of Gopnik, it's like not a threatening thing so much. It like at one point was, especially in the 90s and 80s when you had like roving bands. You know, a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, crime and a lot of like that type of crime where like, you know, groups of people could be beating up other groups of people (laughs) more commonly in Moscow or something. That actually is scary. Whereas, like, now it just sort of feels like something to laugh at. And, again, that even comes with the image of this being, like, a skinny dude in, like, an Adidas tracksuit. It's like, you're, you can't harm anyone. Like, you, right. like, live on beer and, and fucking... You live on beer, shitty beer, and sunflower right. seeds. Right, and you're, like, like, really you no settled mass. into your haunches. So I don't see you getting up anytime soon. Oh, then again, wiry muscles springing. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, how much did you look into... Going from this parody of something that, like, to this day does exist in, you know, provincial post-Soviet countries and places, going from that to, like, high fashion and gosha and stuff like that, like, did did you get any more insight into that? I mean, no, I didn't, honestly, I didn't look for that much evidence. Like, I looked up a little bit of, like, the history of the tracksuit in America, and then I thought a little bit more about my theory <laughs> which is well, okay what's the, hi- the what, history what okay it? the history of the tracksuit very plainly is like it started out in the 60s adidas made a tracksuit with some like german soccer player and it was like worn adidas is german we know we that. do know that it was worn specifically for sports like before and after you know you like put on your tracksuit to warm up and then you like take it off to run or whatever um and it was like kind of part of this trend of the space age and then in the 70s tracksuits start being subsumed more into like fashion and are like some of them are really tailored with like buttons and lapels and stuff and then by the late 70s and 80s like when casual wear and workout videos start taking off then you know tracksuits are really adopted and then of course once you get into the 80s and 90s like hip-hop really popular popularizes the tracksuit and in the same way that I saw shit where people are like the Gopnik loves the Adidas tracksuit because it's a very uh flexible attire to be able to squat in like people would be like for yeah. for break dancers the Adidas tracksuit is great because they could like break dance it provides a lot of flexibility it's like once you start wearing the tracksuit you'll realize why it's the most comfortable garment right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah I mean we talked about this I think a little bit uh, when we had Nasia over at your house and I've kind of said this before in a variety of ways, but I think that the kind of Slavic Eastern European aesthetic or culture provides like a good culture, cultural identity to adopt for Western white people. And I think in part that's because like Slavs don't have a problematic history with colonialism and slavery of black and Latino people, but they are still white skinned, so it's not problematic to adopt their culture, but also they're not really white, which makes them cool. I think it's just like cool thing. And I think I said this before, I can't remember. Poor. Yeah, well, poor. But the, the that that is one thing I actually have written down here. But the other thing I was going to say, and I think I said this on the Nazi episode, but I may have cut it, which is that like Gopnik aesthetic in particular, and I'm not saying that it's causal, but it does mirror some aspects of black American aesthetic, which is what, in my opinion, I think that white Americans really want to mimic. But since they can't do that without being like socially punished, Gopnik aesthetic is like a nice unproblematic, unproblematic second in uh, it's super identifiable and readable 
And so I think that it's easy for white Americans to like wear a tracksuit and maybe a gold chain, which are also uh, symbols of black American, black hip hop. -hop, But you can be like, oh, no, this is an Eastern European thing. And then, yeah, like you say, being poor. And I think like through time, poverty has been like poverty that's like subsumed into fashion has been cool. And you can adopt white trash culture which I think you see sometimes in the U.S., like camo, I feel like is kind of an adoption of that or like hick culture. Um, But even that is problematic for like woke white liberals, like anything that's classist. Um, But adopting the aesthetics of poor people from other countries who still look white enough is like chill and cool, you know? Especially because, especially, yeah, especially because these are formerly Soviet places in which everyone was poor is the idea. <laughs> yeah. So you get a like sort of, you know, you get a an egalitarianness <laughs> right. of your stereotype, right. which is important rather than this like marginalized group like the rednecks. I mean, that's yeah. complete bullshit, but, but that is the like, I, I agree with you that there, all these justifications are happening. And like, it's not like, now I have, feel like I have a better understand, understanding of the fact that it's not like, you know, this, Adidas tracksuit was like stolen from like black hip hop culture in Slav culture and then come back. It didn't like it wasn't like that. No. But like the Adidas. So when you said the Adidas tracksuit was gaining popularity in the 70s and stuff, this was in for white and black people in America. Um, I I would assume it's for both. I mean, the way they talk about it is it's gaining popularity through like workout videos and stuff, which I feel like maybe were slightly more of a white thing. But then when you get into the late 80s and 90s, that's hip hop culture. And I think like that really like popular popularized it, which is going to be black people. So I think it was a lot of people liked it. And and I don't know if you read about this at all, but like when I was reading about like why do Russians like the Adidas tracksuit, like one of the main things they referenced was in the 80s, the Adidas made the um, tracksuits for the Olympic team, the Soviet Olympic team. And so oh, wow. that was one way it got popularized. And people don't really talk about hip hop culture, but I I still feel in my soul that that's one of the ways it got popularized. So like it's... It, right, because Russian hip hop was also starting. In right, yeah. And it, 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 is, it is interesting, like you referenced Gosha and we've talked about this before, but there is there is something totally bizarre going there where it's like, okay, the Adidas tracksuit, a German company that represents like American fashion gets popularized in the Soviet Union, but they're not real Adidas tracksuits. Like they're either made in the Caucasus or they're made in China. And then like, or, or in Russia, but like they're right. They're fake. And then like that gets popularized amongst the certain subset of identifiable people who have matching aesthetic signals as like black hip hop artists and black hip black hip-hop fashion and then a russian designer named gosha rubchensky like makes these like has a collaboration with adidas and brings tracksuits back to black artists in america and that he makes them in a high fashion setting and black hip-hop artists like kanye west wear them it's not like he's like when you say bring you just mean like that's right like i think i think a lot of white artists probably wear him also but if we if we allow the fact like if we allow the statement that black artists and black people in general are like the arbiters of cool in America, then like nobody cares if a white artist is wearing gosha. They're only going to care if like Wiz Khalifa is wearing gosha, which he is, you know. Right, right, right. And it's like it is really interesting, like that mapping, um, how that happened. And like the whole I hadn't really fully thought about the poverty aspect until today because black is cool is like at this point just known Mm -hmm. but poor being cool is also pretty clear it's very clear but i feel like less talked about very much less talked about and you see that pop up everywhere i mean think about reed that was the case i mean the poverty rich poverty aesthetic manifests differently in that particular setting but it yeah it's yeah like you say rich kids coming in and pretending to be poor and yeah and like literally like pretending to be like waifs who like can't who wear one outfit every day and like eat food that has been thrown out by other people disgusting <laughs> <laughs>
черные резины, грязные сапоги. Это гопники! Это гопники! Гопники! Они мешают мне жить! That's the episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to support us in researching more and buying our very own counterfeit tracksuits, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash she's in Russia. Also follow us on Twitter and Telegram at she's in Russia. Subscribe to our monthly image-based newsletter at she's in Russia.com and we will see you next week. Пока-пока. Did you hear that? It's like, yeah. he's not even in my fucking room. That little Lily. cunt. What are you doing?